Welcome to another episode of The Cubic Report. As we start a new calendar year, I'm happy once again to have Greg Thomas back with us. The last time we did a podcast was almost exactly five months ago in August 2023. This will be our 12th podcast together with a brand new topic to discuss. I think you'll find this topic very, very interesting and engaging today. Greg is a business consultant, author, keynote speaker, and a personal life coach that I have known for a long time. Now, as a reminder, you can learn more about Greg's training skills on his YouTube channel. He mentioned to me that it has recently become monetized, and Greg is very appreciative of those who have subscribed to it or have listened to some of his YouTube videos. To get there, simply type in Leadership Excellence Channel on your YouTube homepage search bar, and you'll find him. Now, in the past, we have spoken with Greg about a lot of interesting topics, including personal leadership development, business leadership, servant leadership, how to have a fulfilling and productive day, and the common misconceptions about the law of attraction. Greg, welcome to the 12th podcast together. Well, thank you, Vic. It's uh, great to be with you today. I'm speaking from my home office near Cleveland, Ohio, and we're supposed to have an incredible snow day all day today. It snows coming down as we speak, so I'm in a cozy environment, and it's a great speaking with you today. Well, uh, it's been snowy here, too, snow through the night, but right now it's sunshine, and we're supposed to have more snow, but doesn't look like it right now. Anyway, it's just, uh, this is a new year, 2024, and I would like to discuss a topic that is vital for a leader's effectiveness and connectivity with those he leads. And that topic is communication skills and how to improve them. President Reagan was known as the great communicator. The nation was, the nation was with him. They liked him. They wanted to hear him speak. So today, Greg, we'd like to know from you how we can do a better job in whatever role we find ourselves. Well, Vic, that's a great question. It's a great topic. It'll take us a few times to get through it completely, but uh, that's probably a good thing. What I'd like to focus on today is what is communication and why it's so important for us to allow ourselves to learn better communication skills. And we're going to begin, I'll begin with just giving you a, an informal definition of what communication is. Mm-hmm. Communication is the process of both sending and receiving messages through verbal and nonverbal means. When we say nonverbal, we mean our body language, our gestures, our facial expressions. Uh, a lot of uh, people who study language say that actually up to 80% of our communication is nonverbal. And so it's a big part of the way that we communicate. And good communication includes speaking, it includes the way that we write. It includes the graphical representations we may present, presenting a map, for example, or a chart in front of a group of people, or explaining a sign or signals that we may give. And of course, communication is also our behavior. Our behavior sends a message. Mm -hmm. So once again, it's the process of us sending and receiving messages and the meaning through verbal and nonverbal means. It's a human connection. And it's intended to be a two-way connection, meaning that we talk and then we shut down and we listen 
and we listen intently and we focus on what the other person is saying. So that's a basic definition of communication. We need communication in order to be able to impart not only knowledge, but also impart a relationship uh, among people. Oh, absolutely. And I, I feel like communication is more than just dumping data you know, and, and just presenting information. Now, I've seen uh, a lot of things that were presented, but then, you know, what did it mean to me and how did the speaker relate to me? Then I have seen other speakers who have been very, very effective in being able to not only communicate information, I recall teachers that communicated a certain topic, but they had you in the palm of their hand. They had you wanting to understand more and they wanted, uh, and, and you wanted to learn from them. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're highlighting that why communication is really so important. Without communication, you and I can only accomplish alone a mere fraction of what we can accomplish when we're in a joint effort with others. And that's always going to require good communication skills. Communication also fulfills a basic human need, and that is to understand and to be understood. People want to be understood. That is wired within our human nature, the desire to be understood, where we're coming from, what our view is. There are a lot of coaching sessions I have in which the person really isn't interested in anything that I would have to say. My role is to sit there, allow them to vent, and allow them to be understood, to explain mm -hmm. where they're at, something they're struggling with, a frustration, a problem. It's not about anything that I can add to that communication. It's about listening and showing empathy and care for what they're struggling with or what's on their mind. Again, that is wired within human beings to want to be understood. I want to be understood. You want to be understood. Everyone that I've ever met wants to be understood. Mm -hmm. Wants in that communication, people to know where they're coming from, why they feel like they feel, why they have the views that they have and what those views or opinions are. And that's only possible through good, disciplined communication. Mm -hmm. And again, this time we're going to talk about why communication is important, and then we'll begin talking about the skills of good communication in uh, some future podcasts that we do together. Right. You want to be able to talk to somebody who not only understands you, but then is also positively receives your information, even if it's something he doesn't uh, necessarily agree with, but where you have a relationship between that person where what you have to say is respected. Yes, absolutely. And that boils down to the fact that it's choice, not chance, that determines human destiny. Let me give you an example. We're in a world, unfortunately, that has two significant wars going on at the same time. The fact that Russia attacked the Ukraine was a choice. That had nothing to do with chance. That was a choice. The fact that Hamas attacked Israel was a choice. And the way that those nations responded to those attacks were a choice. So it's choice that determines human destiny, not chance. And we can choose as individuals and even as nations through diplomacy, good diplomacy, professional diplomacy, we can choose to either work to have harmonious and fulfilling relationships or 
we can choose confrontation. And the sad thing about any war is a war means that communication broke down and the choice was confrontation, either by one side or both sides. They chose to have confrontation. So what causes this confrontation? And this is a big issue with human beings, within our culture, within our own lives, because the truth is, is that life is about relationships. And our relationship with our spouse is all about our communication skills, mm -hmm. our relationship with our coworkers, with the neighbor who lives next door to us, with the person that we meet in church. All of those things are relationships, and they're all either going to be healthy, harmonious, or they're going to lead to confrontation, depending on our communication skills and how, la how much we may lack the right kind of communication skills. So what causes confrontation? Well, one reason is a lack of communication. When I say lack, I mean you're not talking to one another. Some people think, well, if there's no communication, that means there's harmony. Or that means, uh, you know, we're, we're going to get along. Well, no, sometimes a lack of communication can be a forerunner of confrontation. It means you're not understanding each other. You're not taking the time to understand where you're coming from. And that lack of communication will ultimately result in confrontation. Again, in a marriage, in our communication with our children, with our neighbor, with our coworkers. Uh, with uh, someone who attends the same church congregation we do, you need to communicate and you need to communicate positively and not just, just avoid people or avoid situations, which leads us to the second reason that there's confrontation, and that's usually a delay to intervene early, meaning there's something obviously wrong, you sense it and you know it, and you do nothing. You just stall. You just hope that it all goes away. And you know what? Usually it doesn't go away. It's like a burr under your saddle. And when you don't intervene early, when you're not proactive, when you're not bringing out the courage that you have to have maybe a difficult conversation early rather than later, then that delay to intervene early is just going to cause it to be much more complicated and usually cause it to be much more difficult by delaying it and just putting it off and hoping that it goes away. Mm -hmm. Another reason for confrontation is a negative event. You've probably heard the phrase, that's the last straw, mm -hmm. right? So there's maybe we, we have delayed to intervene early. We know something's wrong and we're just putting it off and we're not dealing with it. And then you have that negative event that leads to the last straw and boom, then that confrontation occurs. One other thing that can lead to confrontation is when we're frustrated. And frustration leads to us having an aggressive tone. And people usually don't respond well to aggression, to someone who has an aggressive tone. And that oftentimes will also lead to confrontation. And one other thing I'd like to point out is that obviously confrontation is provoking someone else to be angry. I gave an example of a couple of wars going on in the world today, nations were provoked and they naturally responded in a way that one would for protection and survival. They made the choice to provoke back, to respond back. And those are the major reasons uh, why we have confrontation. Mm -hmm. Well, that is very interesting. I know that Ukraine for the longest time has tried not to be responsive to Russia's continual provocations. 
they didn't want somebody to get trigger happy and then start a World War III. Right. <laughs> they said even in personal communications and work communications, there are provocations that take place. And uh, sometimes the provocation leads to a person acting a lot worse than they normally would because mm -hmm. they get so upset about something that they respond with a barrage, with a tirade, negative expressions. And uh, then the person is branded as, oh, he's in a bad attitude. <laughs> he's been brought into that bad attitude because of provocations that have taken place. And, and a big part of communications is being able to not only say what you need to say or communicate information, but also what not to say. Yes, absolutely. Uh, there are three C's of communication. C's meaning the letter C, and their, their credibility, character, and courage. So communication is composed of you having credibility, meaning we have to be believable, believable in our level of competence, believable in our truthfulness and in keeping our word. Communication is very difficult if the person that you are sharing communication with is not very credible. And that also kind of leads to the, the two wars that we're talking about going on in the world today. There are sides that have that lack credibility. Uh, they've lacked credibility for decades. And it's hard to communicate with someone who lacks credibility. They don't keep their word. You don't believe them. You don't trust them because they often lie or they hide their motives. So credibility is an important factor in communication, particularly good communication. The second one is character. That's living with integrity and walking the walk, setting the right example, being humble enough to apologize when we make a mistake, and striving to set an example of uh, someone who communicates well, who is open-minded, who uh, can demonstrate empathy, and who has the character to demonstrate quality communication skills. Mm -hmm. And then the third C is courage because sometimes we have to deal with unpleasantness. Again, communication is not a lack of communication. It's not putting things off that should be dealt with. It's dealing with unpleasantness, the courage to deal with conflict, the, deal, the, the courage to, to have firmness and to receive and offer genuine tact and criticism when it's necessary, of course, when we do have to deal with an unpleasant situation, we should always be striving to do it with a win-win approach, mm -hmm. not simply to humiliate someone or put them down or, quote, to correct them or put them in their place. Right. And we'll talk about that when we get into a future podcast about uh, these communication skills. Well, those are the three C's of communication. You have to have credibility for communication to be effective. We have to demonstrate the integrity of our character, and we have to walk the walk, and then we have to sometimes uh, demonstrate courage. And there are many people who struggle with confrontation, struggle with dealing with someone uh, who's unpleasant, or struggles with having the firmness to say we need to have a, a conversation about a, a touchy or uncomfortable topic here. A lot of people struggle to do that. And that's understandable. But courage is so essential because there again, you deal with issues and problems when they're small 
rather than putting them off or ignoring them when they get very big and ugly and then the the blow up is profound and uh, hurts everyone involved and and we all know that when you have a public blow up it's hard to put the genie back in the bottle mm-hmm. right i mean I've, I've had situations where i lost my cool in front of uh you know a, a large number of people and that's not a comfortable feeling because you can't take that back mm-hmm. uh, you, you know you just expressed uh, an unpleasantness or frustration you have in a room full of eight or nine or ten people and that's not a good thing you 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 cannot take that back so uh, it's better to be proactive and to deal with issues when they're small rather than ignoring them or putting them off uh, because they don't go away by themselves. They, they're only taken care of when you sit down and have a genuine and firm yet uh, pleasant, as pleasant as possible conversation with someone over a difficult topic. Right, because confrontation just escalates the situation and I, I found that uh, one time we had to discuss a touchy subject with sensitive people, and we just made a decision uh, not to confront, not, not to be confrontational. And there are some people, actually, that like confrontation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're just itching for a fight. And, yeah. and there's those people. Then there are those who are very, very averse to any conflict that are trying to avoid it at all costs. So again, dealing with things um, before they get out of hand, be, before they get to the point that's going to lead to open or harsh confrontation is always the best way to handle a communication challenge, being sensitive to what's going on. And I, I have gone to people and some people have come to me and apologized for things that I wasn't offended by, but they were afraid. They were so sensitive that they thought I might have been offended by it. Mm-hmm. So they'll come up and they'll say, hey, I just wanted to apologize to you for, for what I said. And and I respect someone who is so sensitive to their communication that they're looking back on the words that came out of their mouths. And they're saying, you know, I, I probably, in case I offended or said something harsh to this individual. I need to apologize in advance. And I've done that myself. And that's really a good way to take care of some of these small issues before they get out of hand, mm-hmm. uh, you know, before they become a confrontation. So there are four levels of communication that I think are important for us to understand, Vic. The first one, first level of communication is called casual communication. And that's requires minimum concentration because it's very simple subject matter. So you're walking with someone in, in the store and and the person goes by and says, hey, what do you think about the Browns game the other day? It was a shame they lost. You say, yeah, that was really terrible. And then you go on and you both separate and go on your way in the store. That's casual. That was minimum concentration. It was a simple subject matter. It will require a deep level of communication. So that's casual. The next one is personal and social. That's where you exchange ideas and information on a social level. And that might be uh, like a business lunch, sitting down with someone and just exchanging some ideas and some information, getting to know one another. That's considered a personal and social level. Then to go a little deeper, there's information and ideas. And that we could probably say this podcast 
falls within that level of communication. You're focusing on intellectual processes and you're sharing knowledge and you're sharing ideas with one another. And then the deepest level, the deepest level mm-hmm. of communication is disclosure. That's when you have a genuine caring and an ethical concern for that other person. And this is really what we want to strive for with our family and our coworkers and our neighbors and everyone that we meet on a, on a weekly or on a daily basis. We want to work hard to have a disclosure level of communication to genuinely care for them and have an ethical concern. And when they get sick, to send them an email or send them a card or a phone call to express concern with something that's going on in their life that's a challenge. Again, that's called the disclosure level, and that's the deepest level of communication. And that's where we all want to go to, again, for our family and our coworkers and our friends, our, our you know fellow congregants in our churches, and any clubs that we belong to, we want to get to the disclosure level mm-hmm. of communication. Right. A lot of it has to do with knowing that the person that you're talking to cares about you and that they're genuine. I mean, who you're talking to is exactly what you think they are instead of them scheming or thinking something different or being betraying you know, to, to, to the things that, that you're having to say because you certainly are coming to them or would like to come to them in, in, in a, a way that uh, says, let's talk person to person. Let's talk respectfully. Let's talk as Christians, if you will. So, so, Greg, what you're saying now in the things that we've been discussing is that we are not born with good communication skills. Is that, is that true? Oh, that is absolutely true. Think about it. We're born with virtually few communication skills, Vic. We only communicate when we come into this world to support our personal needs, right? We want milk. If we don't have milk, wham. We want a comfortable temperature. We don't want to be too hot. We don't want to be too cold. The result, if that's out of whack, is wah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want basic comfort. We want a clean, dry bottom. And all of these things are instincts. And our early instinctive communication behavior is naturally selfish because we're talking about survival. We're talking about an infant who has needs, and that's the only way that they can communicate their needs is to complain and to be selfish. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. uh, some individuals never grow beyond the immature communication behavior, even when they become adults. But we'll be just, we'll begin, we'll be talking about some uh, skills that we can all begin using in a a later podcast. So beyond these early basic needs, Mm -hmm. we learn everything else we know how to communicate we had to learn it from scratch we learned it through imitation we saw our parents we saw our siblings uh, when we got to the age to go to school we, we saw our teachers and how they communicated and our friends how they communicated so we did it through imitation and the example of others we slowly learned the cultural rules of acceptable communication However, some people learn very poor communication skills. As a matter of fact, I'll boldly say that most people learn very poor communication skills because there's no particular class that we attended on being a great communicator. Again, we learned it through imitation. We learned it through examples. We learned it culturally. And 
That doesn't mean that we're good or effective communicators. That kind of means we just know how to talk. Mm -hmm. As you said earlier, I think you used the phrase data dump. Mm -hmm. So we learned how to data dump. We learned how to tell. We've learned how to talk. We've learned how to lecture. We've learned how to express our feelings, our opinions, and our ideas. But we haven't necessarily learned well how to listen and how to demonstrate empathy in the way that we communicate. So uh, this is the most important thing I'm going to say all during this podcast. We learned everything we know about communication. Some of that learning may have been good, but a lot of that learning was not good. And we need to relearn mm -hmm. how to communicate so that we can be good and effective communicators. And also, uh, also Greg, when one another way of, of learning I can see, I'm look, looking back at my years of growing up in high school and, and communicating with people, there are times that we say things that are very dumb. That's this, I can't think of a better word. And then we begin to see that people reject us or pe people are turned off by that. And if we're smart, we'll say, no, I shouldn't be that way. I should learn to be different instead of being oblivious to the way you come across, but be learning from uh, some of the pain associated with not being polite, not being tactful, diplomatic, being crude, and then learning from that. I've seen that happen. Yeah, definitely. Again, these skills have to be learned. And some of the things that we usually have to relearn in order to be great communicators is to have the right attitude in communication. Having the right attitude means not thinking that we're all knowing. Having an open heart, an open mind, because only if we have the right attitude will we care about what the other person is saying. Mm -hmm. Will we focus on what the other person is saying? Will we try to understand what the other person is saying? And that only comes when we have an attitude of humility and not thinking that our opinion is the only opinion, that we, we are, oh, again, open-minded, we have an open heart, and we're listening to what the other person says. That's one of the things that we have to learn. That's kind of the foundation of, of great communication is learning that we have to adjust our attitudes when we are communicating with another person. Another uh, great communication skill that we have to learn is realize that communication at its best is two-way communication. Again, mm -hmm. we're very good at telling. We're very good at talking, sending, lecturing, uh, but we're not very good at receiving. And we need to learn to become active listeners. An active listener is someone who learns to suspend their minds from going somewhere else when someone is talking and focuses deeply and intently exactly on what they're saying. And I'll explain next time mm -hmm. why that's uh, an acquired learn skill active listening does not come naturally our mind is very powerful we have access bandwidth we can hear what someone's saying and be thinking about something totally different at the same time and not focusing on a word that they say mm. and learning to do that is a skill it's a discipline it's called active listening and again that's when we shut our minds down from wandering and we focus intently on what that person is saying and we're trying to understand exactly where they're coming from i'm just thinking about the last 10 years or so there's been just a huge growth in surveys no matter what you do now you know you get a survey afterwards and it's a way in which 
is forcing people to listen up to any complaints that you may have instead of brushing them off if a lot of people have a certain complaint and it forces a person to listen. I, I know that when we have uh, a survey after a conference or a survey after a lecture or a survey after almost anything now is that I, I look to that <laughs> to see what people had to say and then Ouch, sure. you know, ouch, 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 you know. Sometimes it is. Yeah, yeah. but we need to hear it. Yeah, but... It may be ouch, but usually that ouch is necessary and good for us to become better right. and to do things better. Another great communication skill is consideration. And that is giving someone the dignity and respect we have in our differences. It isn't the goal of everyone else to be exactly like us. People are going to be different. They come from different cultures, different backgrounds, different mindsets. And when there are differences in communication, learning to show someone dignity and respect, even if you don't agree with them, that is so essential in good and positive communication skills. Because, again, if you if you show a harshness, if you show a bluntness in those differences, then you're going to shut communication right down. You're not going to go anywhere. And you basically close to that message opportunity immediately. So it's, a, again, consideration showing dignity and respect in differences. The next great communication skill, and this is also a learned discipline, is looking for the total message. That means what's coming out of their mouth, the verbal communication, and the nonverbal. Again, experts who study human language uh, say that about 80% of our communication is nonverbal. Not only that, they say that people can lie. The words that come out of their mouths may be a lie, but usually their gestures, their eyes, their nonverbal communication tells the truth, even if they're lying. Mm -hmm. So it's looking for the total message, not just the words that they're saying, but how they look, how they react, what their gestures are saying, what their eyes are saying. That again, that's the total message. And you, you, you go beyond just hearing the words and you're looking at what they're saying through their gestures again and, and looking in an empathetic way on how their body is reacting to what they say. And then a final great communication skill that really has to be learned is realizing the, the importance of timing. And that's having a high respect for other people's time, not going on and on and on, uh, not just babbling continuously to, because you want to hear yourself speak, but respecting other people's time oh, yeah. and understanding that timing is important. If you say or if you ask for 10 minutes or 15 minutes of someone's time, that you only take 10 or 15 minutes of their time. Now, if they say, hey, I'd like to hear more, that's a whole different story. But having a high respect for another person's time and not rambling or talking simply because we either have an exaggerated ego or we think our opinion is more important than anyone else's, that we have a very high respect for their time as well as our own. So these are some of the great communication skills that have to be learned. Mm -hmm. And what I'd like to do next time we get together, Vic, is talk about a little bit more about great communication skills, about the right attitudes of having, about the positive body language versus negative body language. And I'd like to talk about the advantages of good communication and the first person 
that we need to learn to communicate with well. Hmm. And the very first person is ourselves in our own self-talk. Because if we don't like ourselves, if we're struggling and having confrontation with ourselves, guess what? We're going to have confrontation with others. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about that next time. Well, uh, that would be just terrific. I'm so glad that we're starting this little mini-series here on communication because there's a lot to it. It isn't just a leadership quality from the standpoint of somebody who is a boss, manager, operation sure, manager, exactly. but everybody, everybody, mm -hmm. because the things that you have said here in this podcast relate to people that you, you talk to in, in a week-to-week uh, -week or day-by-day -day situation. There's some people you don't really want to go to and talk to because they talk so long and answer everything except the question that you had. <laughs> they, just go, <laughs> they just go on and on. Or the person who has the skilled 15-minute soundbite <laughs> you know, does not have awareness of how they come across and points they make. But this will be just very terrific, Greg, and I'm looking forward to our next podcast. I am too, Vic, so we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to us today on The Cubic Report. We welcome you to share this podcast and tell your friends about it. We can be found on a variety of platforms, including Apple and Google Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, and many other platforms. You can easily find us at any browser address box by typing in the words The Cubic Report, and there we are. Cubic is spelled K-U-B-I-K. We'd love to hear from you. Write to us at vcubic at gmail.com. That's V-K-U-B-I-K at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. Come back soon for more.